You're listening to The Ancient Tradition, a Wonk Media production. Music provided by Joseph McDade. Here's your host, Dr. Jack Logan. Welcome to The Ancient Tradition. I'm your host, Jack Logan. In this podcast, Audio Writ, you'll find recordings of ancient and modern writings which are directly relevant to the ancient tradition, which refers to the first religious tradition that was imparted to human beings in the beginning. On this platform, you can find an entire podcast dedicated to trying to reconstruct that first religious tradition from all of the evidence that we can find in the historical record. If you haven't given it a listen, I highly recommend that you check it out. Just search for The Ancient Tradition or visit our website, theancienttradition.com. Today's audio recording comes from the book, Reading the Epic of Gilgamesh, which contains Andrew George's English translation. Scholars date the poem to sometime between 2100 and 1200 BC, which makes it the earliest known literary composition of note and the second oldest religious text after the pyramid texts. Because the poem was inscribed on cuneiform tablets, several of which were damaged, you're going to notice that some sections of the poem are missing. The Epic of Gilgamesh, Tablet 9, The Wanderings of Gilgamesh. In mourning for Enkidu, whose death has brought home to him his own mortality, Gilgamesh leaves Uruk to wander the earth in search of the immortal Unapishtim, whose secret he covets. Pressing on to the end of the world, he comes to the mountains where the sun sets and rises and asks the help of the scorpion man who guards the way under the mountains. Unable to convince Gilgamesh of the danger, he courts the scorpion man, allows him to pass, and Gilgamesh races against time to complete the path of the sun before the sun can catch up with him. He reaches the far end of the tunnel just in time and finds himself in a garden of jewels. For his friend Enkidu, Gilgamesh did bitterly weep as he wandered the wild. I shall die, and shall I not then be as Enkidu? Sorrow has entered my heart. I am afraid of death, so I wander the wild to find Unapishtim, son of Ubar-Tutu. On the road, traveling swiftly, I came one night to a mountain pass. I saw some lions and grew afraid. I lifted my head to the moon in prayer. To sin, the lamp of God's went my supplications. Oh, sin, and keep me safe. That night he lay down, then woke from a dream. In the presence of the moon, he grew glad of life. He took up his axe in his hand. He drew forth the dirk from his belt. Like an arrow among them, he fell. He smote the lions, he killed them and scattered them. He clad himself in their skins, he ate their flesh. Gilgamesh dug wells that never existed before. He drank the water as he chased the winds. Shamash grew worried, and bending down he spoke to Gilgamesh. Oh, Gilgamesh, where are you wandering? The life that you seek you never will find. Said Gilgamesh to him to the hero Shamash, after roaming, wandering all through the wild, when I enter the netherworld, will rest be scarce? I shall lie there sleeping all down the years. Let my eyes see the sun and be sated with light. The darkness is hidden. How much light is there left? When may the dead see the rays of the sun? To Mashu's twin mountains he came, which daily guarded the rising sun 
whose tops support the fabric of heaven, whose base reaches down to the netherworld. There were scorpion men guarding its gate, whose terror was dread, whose glance was death, whose radiance was fearful, overwhelming the mountains. At sunrise and sunset they guarded the sun. Gilgamesh saw them. In fear and dread he covered his face. Then he collected his wits and drew nearer his presence. The scorpion man called to his mate. He who has come to us, flesh of the gods is his body. The scorpion man's mate answered him, Two-thirds of him is God and one-third human. The scorpion man called out, saying a word to King Gilgamesh, flesh of the gods. How do you come here, such a far road? How did you get here to be in my presence? How did you cross the seas whose passage is perilous? Let me learn of your journey. Where your face is turned, let me learn of your journey. I am seeking the road of my forefather, Unapished him, who attended the gods' assembly and found life eternal, of death and life. He shall tell me the secret. The scorpion man opened his mouth to speak, saying to Gilgamesh, Never before, O Gilgamesh, was there one like you. Never did anyone travel the path of the mountain. For twelve double hours an interior extends. The darkness is dense, and light is there none. For the rising of the sun, for the setting of the sun, for the setting of the... They sent forth. And you, how will you? Will you go in? Through sorrow, by frost and by sunshine, my face is burnt. Through exhaustion, now you... The scorpion man opened his mouth to speak, saying a word to King Gilgamesh, flesh of the gods. Go, Gilgamesh. May the mountains of Mashu allow you to pass. May the mountains and hills watch over your going. Let them help you in safety to continue your journey. May the gate of the mountains open before you. Gilgamesh heard these words. What the scorpion man told him, he took to heart. He took the path of the sun god. At one double hour... The darkness was dense, and light was there none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. At two double hours, the darkness was dense, and light there was none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. At three double hours, the darkness was dense, the light was there none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. At four double hours, the darkness was dense, and light was there none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. At five double hours, the darkness was dense, and light was there none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. On reaching six double doors, the darkness was dense, and light there was none, and it did not allow him to see behind him. On reaching seven double doors, the darkness was dense, and light was there none, it did not allow him to see behind him. At eight double hours, he was hurrying, the darkness was dense, and light was there none. It did not allow him to see behind him. At nine double hours, the north wind, his face. The darkness was dense, and light was there none. It did not allow him to see behind him. On reaching ten double doors, was very near. On reaching eleven double doors, a journey remained of one double hour. At twelve double hours, Gilgamesh came out in advance of the sun. There was brilliance. He went straight, as soon as he saw them, to the trees of the gods. A carnelian tree was in fruit, hung with bunches of grapes, lovely to look on. 
A lapis lazuli tree bore foliage in full fruit and gorgeous to gaze on. Cypress, cedar, its leaf stems were of papardillu stone, and sea coral, sasu stone. Instead of thorns and briars, there grew stone vials. He touched a carob. It was a bashmu stone, agate, and hematite. As Gilgamesh walked about, she lifted her head in order to watch him. That concludes the Epic of Gilgamesh, Tablet 9. I hope you enjoyed this audio recording. The Epic of Gilgamesh is one of the world's oldest religious texts, and it plays a very important role in our sister podcast, where we dive into comparative religion, and we share with you the amazing parallels between religious traditions. I highly recommend you check it out. Just search for the Ancient Tradition Podcast. That wraps up this edition of Audio Writ. Remember in the words of William Shakespeare, knowledge is the wing wherewith we fly to heaven. I'm Jack Logan. You've been listening to The Ancient Tradition, a Wonk Media production.